Welcome back to the Working Out the Inside podcast. I'm Andrew Nargawala of Advanced Psychotherapy and Healing Associates in Creskill, New Jersey. Today's segment is Episode 7, Looking Back as an Adult on Being the Victim of Sexual Abuse and Trauma as a Child. It was a topic recommended by a wonderful psychotherapist and a listener, Juscelia Pitt, and... I'm glad to take it up today. If someone makes it to therapy to discuss his or her abuse, it's an almost miraculous thing. Abusers depend on secrets, guilt, and shame on the part of the victim and those around the victim, such as family. Uh, So much abuse of every kind goes unreported, unspoken. While there is certainly trauma that occurs between strangers, such as violent crime on the street, a large percentage of abusers and victims know each other. Abusers depend on opportunity, access, and silence. I've worked with many abusers as well, uh, and as, as well as victims, and here are some common what abusers would have you believe that I have heard over the years. Uh, Abusers would have you believe you brought the abuse upon yourself. You dressed too sexy. Your behavior was provocative. I've heard abusers and family members of the abusers and family members of victims say things like this, including children as young as five years old. Imagine saying that a child that young was somehow provocative, but I've heard it, and this is what abusers would have you believe. And sometimes we're going to discuss in in a little while how sometimes in certain cases even the family of victims try to cover up or paper over what has happened. Victims torture themselves, very often wondering what they could have done differently and why they were chosen. Why were they the one picked on? Uh, Well, most abusers have more than one victim. They would take advantage of anyone, groom anyone. When I say grooming, I mean it's, it's a term in sexual abuse for scoping out, preparing the victim. So you, you get a sense of whether that victim uh, is available to you, you have access, whether you think they're, they're going to say anything about what happens. Uh, and if that victim fits that inner profile, and it could be anyone. If it wasn't you, it would have been someone else. But if you'll take the weight of that blame, that's great for them. They don't have to take the responsibility. Or they can blame their own upbringing, or they can blame their own abuse. But most victims of abuse do not go on to be abusers. It's a common misconception. To abuse someone is a choice, and it's often carefully contemplated and prepared. And we're going to talk about the difference between adolescent sexual abusers and adult sexual abusers. Um, Adolescent sexual abusers have a very high rate of success in treatment if they get treatment they don't get treatment, they are absolutely prone to relapse and reoffending. Unlike adult offenders, and I have to say, I have not worked 
with adult offenders, except those who have um, transitioned from, you know, started with them as adolescents, and then they have uh, become young adults, because the population is very different and requires its own expertise. And I, I know people who do that work, I admire them. Uh, but the the success rate is very different for adult offenders, and the profile is very different often. So it's not to say they can't be treated, but it's a very different approach. Um, here's another common what abusers would have you believe. If you can't remember all the details, it never happened. I heard this during the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings. Many question why his accuser could remember the details of the abuse, but not the exact date, for example. This parallels my own experience as a victim of sexual abuse by an adult male when I was in high school. I still remember to this day what happened clearly, but I couldn't tell you what the exact date it occurred was. I was trying to hide and forget what happened since that terrible moment occurred. Uh, in fact, I told absolutely no one for decades. Even now, if you're someone who knows me, I've probably never told you what happened, first out of fear and shame, and then later when I did my own work and healed, because there seemed no reason to burden others with, with something I had dealt with and had made peace with. But I'm telling you now, listener, in the hope that if you've suffered as I have and countless others have, that you know it is never, ever too late to get help and it is never, ever too late to heal and to be happy. Abusers would love you to blame yourself and suffer. Don't give them the satisfaction. Take back your precious, amazing, wonderful life. Here's another what abusers would have you believe. If you didn't fight back, you wanted it. I froze when it happened. I never imagined anything like that could happen to me. I had no idea how to react. It was a mixture of fear and shock. I was reminded of it when an adolescent male client told me many years later that he had frozen when the man whom he respected and idolized for having taken him in when his family had abandoned him, when that man sexually abused him. Uh, Later, this young man went on to the military, and he said, you know, I, I feel so bad. Why didn't I, I fight back? I, I could have. And I never told that client how I understood, but I told him I understood. And when years after that, uh, I did self-disclose to a female client who had been abused, I thought it would help her in dealing with those who disbelieved her, and she said that it had. You don't have to tell anyone, I want to make that clear, except in the privacy and confidentiality of therapy. There are even online sites that allow for anonymous self-disclosure and support. You know, there's many thing, bad things about anonymity on the internet, but that happens to be one of the good ones, that you can, in a, in a safe environment, tell your story anonymously as a precursor, perhaps, for getting therapy and sitting down with someone one-on-one. -on -one. Just remember, you have nothing to be ashamed of. The only way an abuser can ever get better and stop abusing 
if that is possible. And, you know, some would say for some of the adult population where it's deeply ingrained, uh, they may not be able to change. Uh, but with adolescent abusers who do have a high rate of success in treatment, that abuser has to take 100% responsibility. The treatment for adolescent offenders is based in recovery and substance abuse theory and practice, meaning it's based in taking full responsibility, taking one day at a time, learning how to end the number one risk factor, which is not sexuality, it's healthy to be sexual, but isolation. They're extremely isolated is the number one risk factor where they are not making healthy connections with the people around them. There could be many people around them, but there's no healthy connection. And so they are left to these impulses, uh, often with no self-confidence, no real idea of what a relationship is, no hope of having a healthy relationship. And so they act out and they take horrible advantage. Here's another thing that abusers would have you believe. You will hurt your family if you disclose. One of the most painful things I've ever seen as a therapist are incest cases where the victim is disbelieved, put down, and even banished, made to live elsewhere by parents and other family members in order to make the charges and the reality go away. Abusers depend on secrets, such as family secrets. If you choose not to disclose, that is, of course, your absolute inviolate choice, and it should be respected. But your family's already wounded and torn by what happened, regardless whether it's secret or not. It did happen, and that wounding uh, is there, especially for you. But And you, the perpetrator, and your family can't get real help until the truth is known. You deserve that help. You did nothing wrong. Uh, another uh, thing that abusers would have you believe, if your body reacted, you wanted the abuse. When people's bodies are touched sexually, they react. That does not mean anything about whether that touch was wanted or welcome. Men won't often disclose, for example, because they think they'll be thought of as gay. Abusers seek opportunity and getting away with it. You could be male, female, transgendered, young, old, but if you fit their inner criteria, you can be victimized. To feel over-sexualized as a child or an adult if you were abused at an early age is a common reaction, but it's not an indication that you wanted the abuse. Another thing abusers would have you believe, if you couldn't remember it until later, it never happened. Trauma is an emotional wound. The mind often protects us from overwhelming experiences and memories. As long as you haven't been led by an inexperienced or incompetent questioner, whether from the police or family services or a therapist, as long as you, you have been questioned properly over time, uh, those memories should be valued and examined in therapy. 
I had a client who had witnessed domestic violence in her home uh, that she buried for years. When she remembered what happened, her sisters corroborated that it, that it did happen. She was able to acknowledge, make sense of, and heal from something very traumatic that had happened when she was a child. She had progressed enough in her own work and her own self-confidence that the mind was ready to let her remember what she had blocked out. So it's never too late. If you're walking around wounded, hiding from yourself and the reality of what happened to you, don't feel you have to carry that burden any longer. You deserve help, and that help is available. We understand now more about trauma and abuse than we ever have. And there are multiple modalities available, including something called EMDR, which is non-invasive, non-medical. It's an addition to therapy. Uh, and, and these things can help. So I hope that if you are suffering, or if you're going through that difficult process of treatment now, that you'll feel encouraged and supported. Because again, you deserve that help. Never forget that. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for the supportive comments that I've gotten. And, you know, I hope you'll share this podcast with others. And anyone can submit a topic or a question. You don't have to be a therapist to do that. Not at all. And I would, I would love to hear topics for the future. Uh, one that was suggested, grief and loss, is, is a tremendous future topic, uh, but I'm very open to hearing your suggestions, and I thank you so much for listening.